School principal refuses to discipline a bad student and deletes all his permanent records, so I get him permanently replaced. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. My best friend, Karen, is a first grade teacher, and as soon as she told me this story, it gave me such a justice boner that I knew I had to retell it. Two years ago, Karen had a student named Xavier, sweet little six-year-old boy when things were good, but his parents had just gotten divorced. His mom wasn't that great even before she was out of the picture, and his dad was quite disengaged from both his son's behavior and his individualized education plan. Rather understandably, Xavier acted out in class. He'd refused to listen to Karen, push other kids, and disrupt class in more ways than I could possibly list. Now, Karen worked her butt off with Xavier to improve his behavior and get his dad more involved in a positive way. She'd often call me and talk about it to decompress, and that's what friends were for. But occasionally, Xavier went too far and did something she couldn't just deal with in class, like trying to stab another student in the hand with a pencil. On those occasions, she wrote him up with a referral and sent him to the VP. But, surprise surprise, VP was absolutely no help whatsoever. He'd joke around with Xavier and refuse to address the problem Karen had sent Xavier there for. He'd give him candy and then lecture Karen for writing up a six-year-old for any reason because it reflected badly on him as the VP. I'm pretty sure this has to do with the bullcrap known as merit pay, but whatever. Unfortunately, his actions made it significantly harder for Karen to help Xavier. To top it all off, Karen figured out after a few referrals that VP logged into the system and erased each of Xavier's referrals, thus erasing all evidence of Xavier's pattern of behavior. In a word, this is bad. I know nothing about education, but I know that much at least. My brother was a terror in elementary school and got in so much trouble from 3rd to 6th grade that both the principal and vice principal were on a first name basis with my mom. Those records sure didn't just disappear, not into the shredder and certainly not into the digital ether. She reported this to her higher ups who weren't the VP, but they both told him about the complaint and specified that Karen was the one making the complaint. The VP was cold and rude with her after that. Nothing was done about it because it seemed to be a one-time thing. But now Karen knew what to do. Every time she had to write Xavier up again, which blessedly became less often as the year went on, she meticulously documented everything herself. She sent herself all the relevant stuff, saved the emails, the whole shebang. By the end of the year, Xavier's behavior had greatly improved thanks to her mentoring and the various ways she learned how to engage with him in the classroom. She even talked to his second grade teacher to make sure the woman knew how to work with Xavier. Honestly, Karen went above and beyond for this child. Partway through the next school year, the higher-ups come to talk to Karen again. Even though nothing was done about her complaint the previous year, a record had been made of it. As it turns out, another teacher had reported the VP for doing the exact same thing to her as he'd done to Karen. If she had anything related to her own ordeal, they wanted to see it. Oh boy, did she. She gave them every single digital receipt she'd accumulated for the better part of the school year to compare with the VPs, which established a pattern of him undermining teachers via erasing students' patterns of behavior. The VP was quickly removed from his position as vice principal of Karen's school, even though he wasn't technically fired. The jerk was just moved to a different school and put in a much lesser position, and paid significantly less than before.
Yeah, the VP can't be doing stuff like this. You're not benefiting anyone but yourself. It's an incredibly selfish move. You're hurting the child who actually needs to have this behavior addressed, and you're hurting the teacher who has to put up with this behavior every day. I get that you don't want to look bad as a VP, but you can't be doing it at the expense of your teachers and students. Then you are a bad VP. You're still a bad VP at that point. Your higher ups just don't know about it yet. I got every single employee fired from a store for trying to scam me. After leaving the drive-thru at a fast food place a few years ago, I noticed I wasn't given the correct change. The attendant had just shoved some money at me and, what, with trying not to hold up the line, I waited until I pulled ahead to put the change into my wallet. I was missing $2, which isn't much, but still. So I drove back through the lane and mentioned the error. And oddly, the guy knew the exact amount. Then left the window and went to the inside counter where I could still see him, bent down, and then brought me the $2. It seemed fishy, so during the main shift, I returned and went inside and talked to the manager. He pretty much blew me off and said sometimes people keep money up there, blah blah blah. Since he was the manager, I figured he must not think it was a problem, and it was just a tiny amount of money. But a few weeks later, same drive through same attendant, and the same thing happened. I gave him a 20, and this time I paid attention. He shorted me by $5. So when I came back, I said, uh, I gave you a 20, and he literally interrupted me and said, oh yeah, I owe you $5. This was too suspicious, and if the manager was too dumb to pay attention, time to go to the main office. If you've ever tried to enter an online complaint for a fast food chain or almost anything else, it's a nightmare. I did not want to mention customer service, because that would go to the manager who didn't listen to begin with. So I registered it as a compliance issue for the legal department. A few days later, I got a call. When I launched into my story, the guy immediately tried to divert me to customer service. And I stopped him short with my best ticked off mom voice and said, you need to listen to me now. And then he paid attention. I didn't have any hopes it would go anywhere, but to my surprise and gratification, a week or so later, I got a call from a woman over the entire metro area where I live. She thanked me for my complaint and told me the outcome. It turns out this site had oddly low sales amounts, but had a long-time crew that seemed dependable. So, after getting the complaint, they paid a surprise audit visit, ran a report on the registers, and viewed the videos. They had videos of the register and all activities. Wow. The guy at drive-thru was scamming every way he could figure out, and others were in on it, including the manager. Almost everyone got fired. All but one employee, as I recall. They were logging in refunds that were not given, and then pocketing it and several other things, including this guy blatantly just plain stealing money. These jerks had gotten by with it for years because people were trying to get to work and didn't notice or didn't bother to look into it. Someone's going to catch on to this eventually. I'm really surprised that it took years to do so. you think any regular customer would notice that they're constantly missing change. And the dude from the window was super suspicious. Knowing right away and how much every single time, it just sets off some red flags. Like, you're very aware of it. So how come my change was missing?
My jerk uncle threatened my dog, so I threatened his life. So this happened when I was about 5 years old and my dad told me the whole thing. For our cast, we have my jerk uncle, my dog, who is my dog and is amazing, and me, original poster. About my dog. When I was a cute young boy, I had the best and smartest dog that I ever had. His name was Brian and he was an old German Shepherd that my family got from a nice old lady because she couldn't take care of him anymore. As I said, he was smart. For example, if my little two-year-old sister got outside, my dog would drag her inside the house again. Or when I escaped from home to play in the woods, he would just guide me back to my home in the night. And a lot more things like that. I love that dog so much. Sadly, he passed away from cancer when I was like 10 years old. So here goes the story. As I said, I had a dog when I was around 4 or 5 years old. And I also had a jerk uncle. Jerk uncle was and is a piece of garbage. A parasite. He steals from his own family. And not only things or money, but he also stole a song that my dad wrote and sold it. Also, he used to drink a lot at family reunions and was disgusting with kids. And boy did he terrorize me. He screamed at me, he joked horribly at me, and his favorite threatened me by saying, I'm gonna kill your dog. My dad hit him once and told him to stop, but he didn't. So one day, I was at my grandma's house and my mom and dad went to the market for something. Then Jerk Uncle arrived and saw me. I'm gonna kill your dog, he screams. I got scared and started to cry and run in the house. And he chases after me, repeating himself. Then I saw it in all of its glory. Behind the wardrobe, my other uncle's shotgun. I grabbed it. I was very big for my age, so I could handle its weight. And then I aimed at Jerk Uncle and said the coolest thing that I ever said. Who are you going to kill? And boy, he ran outside of the house and fell to the ground. I repeated myself and went for him again. Who are you going to kill? In that moment, the cute kid was gone. I was full of rage. He was screaming like an ape and crawled under the car. Then people started to get involved. And when someone tried to get the gun, I just pointed at them screaming in rage. Who are you going to kill? It was like a mantra. And then I saw my dad and all the blind rage went away. I dropped the gun and started to cry like the little and traumatized kid that I was. My dad screamed my name and took the shotgun away from me. My mom grabbed me while my dad opened the shotgun. Then he saw my uncle. He looked at me again and looked at the shotgun once more. It was loaded, he said. Jerk uncle screamed in horror one more time and started yelling at my dad. My dad just said, this was all your fault. I told you to stop terrorizing original poster, but you just can't stop, right? Just shut up. I'm using all of my strength to not shoot you in the face right now. My jerk uncle never threatened me or my dog again. The funny part, the shotgun wasn't loaded at all. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. 
With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. While I really want to get behind our original poster on this one and say yay for our hero, I can't get over the fact that there was a shotgun just sitting around that a five-year-old had access to. This could have ended horribly, and thankfully it didn't this time, but it never should have been a possibility in the first place. Please, just be responsible about your guns. My bully of a half-sister told everyone that I made our father abandon her. So, I had to set the record straight. I, 24-year-old female, have a half-sister, 27-year-old female, who we'll call Taylor. My dad had weekend visitation with Taylor at our house until I was 8, and it was the worst. She bullied me really badly anytime I saw her, to the point that I would scream every time my dad mentioned her coming over. Even if we were kept apart, she would break my things, upset my pets, and tell lies about me. Every week, her mom would end up in the kitchen screaming at my parents. Taylor's mom died when she was 11. Her mom didn't have any family able to take her in, and nor did my dad. My dad was the only one who could get custody. When I was told about this, I freaked out, screaming, crying for hours, calling my grandparents and demanding to live with them, all of it. My mom wasn't willing to have Taylor in the house on that basis, and I'm pretty sure she said she would move out if my dad pushed the issue. Taylor ended up being sent to boarding school the next year, and she would go to stay with other members of my dad's family during breaks. When I was 14, my parents divorced, and I would see Taylor every few months at my dad's during school breaks. I'd learned to stand up for myself at that point, and she'd grown up, so there was no bullying, but we'd bicker. She was hostile, and I never backed down. 
I didn't see her much after she went to college, and then I went to college far away as well. We now live in the same small city. I moved here in March. It's the kind of place where everyone from each generation knows or knows of each other. I had never encountered Taylor socially, and never mentioned knowing her, but I had met her boyfriend and his friends are a part of my larger social group. The other night, I was at a party, and Taylor and her boyfriend were there as well. We made eye contact and waved, but she pretty much avoided me all night. During the night, our mutual friends asked how I know Taylor, and I said we were half-sisters. They all looked super uncomfortable, and I pressed for an explanation. Basically, Taylor's been telling everyone that she was homeless as a kid because her stepmother and half-sister hated her, and demanded she be shipped off to boarding school and made her dad ignore her. Were it not for the fact that it was obviously going to come out sooner or later that we're related, I probably wouldn't have bothered to set the record straight. As it was, I'm going to be around these people for a long time, and I didn't feel I should have to walk around burdened by the weight of her lies. So I told the group the context. I explained that the reason my mom didn't want Taylor to live with us was because of the bullying, and that when they split, my dad didn't have Taylor live with him, and that I only stayed with him on weekends. Taylor had told them that I moved in with my dad so that she couldn't. I also told them that it wasn't true that I told my dad not to finance Taylor's business when she was 20, because I didn't. She called me yesterday to yell at me. Apparently, she's being ostracized from the group, her relationship is in trouble, her career opportunities are in jeopardy, everything. I don't know how any of this is my fault because she's the one who lied, but according to some people, I should have been a bit more gentle in my retelling of the facts because it's her experience and I've basically blackballed her. So I put it to you, am I the jerk? I'll be honest, I don't think I'm really a fan of anyone in this story. I just feel like it's an unfortunate situation for everyone, and everyone kind of had their hands tied. At the end of the day, you can break it all down to the fact that she was bullying you, and if she didn't, none of this would have been a problem. At the same time, I understand why she would harbor resentment towards you, and why she might feel the way she does about you and your mom. I don't think that there's really a right answer or solution to this one. At least, I don't have one. These sound like they have been problems for way too long to just sit down and have a conversation and fix. But maybe it's possible. You've acknowledged that you guys are better now. Maybe there's some hope to salvage this. My friend left a bunch of beers at my place and then got mad at me for drinking them. I, 28-year-old male, had my friend Brian, 29-year-old male, come over almost three months ago, where he brought over a 12-pack of beer and only drank half of it. When he left, he left the remaining beers in my fridge, despite me reminding him to grab them. Since then, he came over twice for little things and I told him to grab the beers he left, but he didn't. Come Saturday, I had a couple people over and they asked if they could have the beer, which I considered abandoned at this point, so I said sure. They drank all of the remaining beers that night. Last night, Brian came over for a minute and asked to grab his beers, and I told him they were gone. He got angry that I gave his beers away and demanded that I pay for the remaining beers. I refused because I felt he had plenty of time to take or drink them and that he'd abandon them at my place. So am I the jerk? 
Okay, for this one, I do feel like your friend's being a little petty here. Like, yeah, you left them for quite a while. You can't really be surprised that they got drank, especially when you were reminded to take them several times. But at the end of the day, they were his beers. And if he wants you to pay for the six beers, just pay for the six beers. Do I think it's petty? Yes. Do I agree with it? Eh. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.